Welcome to the Crack On Podcast, hosted by me, John Saunders. Crack On! Hey guys, welcome to Series 2, Episode 6. This week, I have the great pleasure of introducing Spiro Borg. Spiro Borg is a really good friend of mine, long-term friend from Cardiff, uh, owns owner and director of Spiro's The Fine Dining Caterers for the last 37 years, nearly 38 years. Um, and the, the, the stories always, I love talking to Spiro about the story, the journey, the ups, the downs. Uh, and there's a, my volume is not great through this, but as I do with all my podcasts, I just let them roll uh, and you get exactly what's been said as they are saying it. So anyway, I'm going to introduce Spiro Borg and crack on. Hey, Spiro, how you doing? Oh, I'm okay, John. You know, plodding on as it is. I think everyone's in the same boat at the moment, aren't they? And uh, yeah. challenging times, I think, is the, is the right title to give it. But um, hey-ho, it's, uh, it is what it is. And uh, we just got to make the most out of the uh, small opportunity that's, that's thrown our way at the moment, haven't we? Yeah, I agree, mate. I think it's uh, obviously been in the industry, which we'll get to in a sec, but, you know, the industry is obviously taking an absolute kick in, which um, and I think it is one of those ones where, you know, whenever I see you, they'll make you always smiling. <laughs> Trying to put a face on it, you know? Yeah, I know. I think, you know, the, the, the situation is, you know, I, I do feel for maybe the, like the new start businesses, businesses that have been going maybe three or four years and they're just getting over that hurdle of setup and and all the heartache that, that it takes and, you know, your excitement turns to anxiety, doesn't it? You know, you're going to get through to the end of the year with making a profit and, you know, all of a sudden, bang, this happens where you look at a maybe a, a business such as ours and, you know, I think I've always pride, prided myself on running sort of a, like a family kind of business and, and we are we are a family and we've, we've always been like that, you know, hashtag Spiro's family. And I think that, you know, if, if the pandemic had hit and I just had myself and my family to look after, you know, you plan for the future, don't you? And you plan for your for your retirement uh, when you get a bit older in life. But you only ever plan to sort of look after yourself and your, and your immediate family when, you know, something like this hits. And then all of a sudden, you're not just looking after yourself, you're looking after your sort of wider family, i.e., you know, your team. And they are your team, aren't they? You know, they're your team and your staff and you know some people look at their staff at just numbers and they're just you know names on a payroll where to us you know we work with them day in day out and then all of a sudden I suppose your your fatherly instincts come out and you've got to protect everyone and then all of a sudden you know that pound you saved for your rainy day um almost you know you're, you're looking out at everyone then so you're stretching even that's the challenge I found you know and I'm always the kind of person that sort of, you know, I, I like to plan and prepare and I like to know exactly where I'm going and how much things cost and, and things like that. And, you know, being in business for 38 years, it's not going to be hunky-dory. You're going to get, you know, good years and bad years. You're going to get challenges. You know, you're going yeah. to get rewards. So it's over a long period of time. But I think for the hospitality tree, we've, we've gone into mourning, really. I think that's, that's the word because we're so involved in people's lives. So... Say for argument, say, you know, you're going to work, we're delivering a buffet within your workplace, you know, you're getting married, we're there with you when you get married, you know, you have yeah. your child, we're doing your christening, you know, we're, we're involved in all these things sort of subconsciously and, you know, to have all that taken away from you 
from a sort of serious psychological and a, a mental health point of view that everyone talks about, it's a great loss. And it is, and I think that's what it is. We're mourning our customers, aren't we? Because it's, we're in a very social environment. You know, we have a chat. If we, you know, even regular things in, in St. Peter's Hall that we used to do for the community, like, you know, bingo and pensioners on a Wednesday afternoon. If, you know, yeah. if Alice doesn't turn up on a Wednesday, you know, we're asking where she is and how is she? And, you know, yeah. and I think for me, that's been the biggest thing. Obviously, you know, the, the finance thing, you know, finances sort themselves out. You know, you either got the money or you haven't, you know. Yeah. True. Um, but I think from that, from that point of view, I think, you know, people are missing each other, you know, yeah. and I think that's, that's oh, probably I totally all. Agree, I totally agree. And I think so I started the podcast and I, I, I will go a bit more into COVID as well, because I think you're the first real person I've interviewed that's been majorly in the leisure industry like me. And I think it'd be great to sort of bounce that off each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what does is, what is crack on mean to you? Well, that's the first question I start off with. What does crack on mean to you? Well, you just got to get on with it, haven't you? You know, you just, you've just got to get on with it. You can't, you're almost forced to do something you don't want to do. But you, but you need to do it, A, to keep contact, B, whatever happens, you need to keep your business name out there and, and alive, yeah. you know, and, and C, you're still doing things you love to do, you know, you're like, again, you know, you take us, us for example, you know, I've never done take away in my life, you know, I, I don't think I, I've ever, you know, I've been told for years to cut down on my packaging and not to use this and not to use disposable. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I've spent more money on packaging in the last six months than I've had in my entire career, you know? So, <laughs> it's, um, because everything is packaged, everything got to be indiv in individual, you know? And, yeah. and again, you're looking at brand standards, you just don't want to put your food in anything. So, yeah. again, you know, it, it, you're, you're being mindful that you still want to protect your brand and you, you still want to put out a quality product. You know, and that's what it is. You're cracking on with it, aren't you? You know, with it. on. And you've just because you know you're sending something out of the door doesn't mean it shouldn't look as good as, as it should look if it's on a plate. It shouldn't taste as good as, and it shouldn't be as fresh. You know, so it's it really is. You know, we've all got together. We've all cracked on. You yeah, know? get so, on with it. I love that. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the leisure industry, as yeah. as we all know. That's exactly yeah. what, what we do our, our best, don't we? That's right. You know. No. So the second question I ask everyone, have you ever had or have you got someone idle or mentor that you've got within your life that has had quite a big impact on yourself? I think I can honestly say I don't have idols and I don't say that in a sort of derogatory way. I, I admire a lot of people, you know, yeah. and uh, especially, yeah, well, colleagues, friends of mine that are sort of running, running their businesses at the moment that, to go back to your face, you know, they're all cracking on, aren't they? Yeah. They're, 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 getting, they're, they're getting in the ring, they're fighting, they're fighting for survival, they're not moaning, you know, obviously they need to talk about it, but talking about something and moaning about something is two totally different things, yeah. you know, and there's been help out there, yes, there have been help, and we're grateful for the help that the businesses have been given, but the help is for the businesses, a lot of business owners have had no help at all, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're doling out the furlough, we're we're paying, we're paying pensions, you know, we've stopped paying our own pensions yeah. to pay the pensions of the staff that we're obliged to do so. And we're not doing that sort of begrudgingly. We're doing it because we want to do it. Yeah. You know, nobody's looking at the sort of smaller company director. I'm not talking about, you know, your Amazons and your things. I'm talking about, you know, our circle of friends, really. They're all company directors. Yeah. And the whole family are company directors, you know, they yeah. can't be furloughed. 
they can't be furloughed and we're just getting on with it. You know, there's, there's a, a lot of people out there that are moaning that they're only getting, they're losing 20% of their salary, but you know, we're losing hundred percent of our dividends yeah. and we're using, you know, things that we've been acute with. We've, we've been a bit careful with our money we've saved, you know, maybe we've invested and all our money's gone back in now to stop your ship, your ship sinking. And yeah. there's so many people out there that are doing that that I do admire. And I think, you know, in a lot of industries, the staff should sit back and take note and, and look at their managers and look at the business owners and say, you know, we're fighting for them just yeah. as much as we're fighting for ourselves. And, you know, from a selfish point of view, if I decided to shut the door last March and not reopen, I'd be okay. My family would be okay. I would yeah. probably have enough money to survive for 10 years. But mm. you, know, you put all that 10 years money into one year to support your team. Yeah. And I think, if anything, probably taking it away from my goals, if anything that annoys me are these people that may, maybe moan that they're on, you know, they're on furlough. And, 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 you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking that away from them. You know, they're entitled to it. But I think they should just pause for a second when that money drops into their bank at the end of the month and they've been sat at home and they've been tying in their shelves and they've been sitting in the garden. They haven't had that worry that the business owners have had that what, what's it going to be like when we do reopen? Because when it reopens, hopefully the staff will come back, they'll be back on their salaries. Their money will still drop into the bank every month where it's not going to end for us. No. You know, in a year, in two years, you know? Yeah. Do you think on that, do you think on that note though, you've got to, you know, one of those things that you've got to be able to have done it or do it to really appreciate that? I understand, you do. And, that, and that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, everyone's become an expert, haven't they, in, in COVID? You know, everyone's telling you what to do. And, uh, you know, everyone sees everyone's, you know, it's easy to solve somebody else's problem, isn't it? Until you're yeah. actually into that problem. You know, we've been, you know, over a year now, but nobody's knocked my door official or said anything, you know, what do you need? They yeah. said, you know, here's a couple of thousand pound grant. You know, we've done our bit, you know, do you need that? You know, is that enough? What, you know, I, I don't think, yeah. you know, one fix fits all because businesses are, are very different and it couldn't be that difficult to do, you know, from a government point of view, all our accounts are published if you're a limited company. People yeah. can see the kind of expenses, you know, that, that, that are accumulated in any business where I think it should have been proportionate, where, again, you know, if the corner shops had their £25,000, you know, they deserve it just as well as everyone else. But some businesses haven't suffered. Yeah. They, they, they were still eligible for the, for the grants and they still have the, 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 the payouts where you've got certain, and, and you know, hospitality, retail, the small independent shop that were forced to close. That's, you know, none of us want to be in this position. We want to trade, yeah. but we've been asked or, we, you know, we've been ordered by the government to close yeah. where some industries haven't. Yeah, no, I, mean, I mean, somebody said to me earlier on, just before we came on, that, you know, the sticking together, the, the, the shopping local, how important do you think that is right at this moment? Oh, it's, it's, it's hugely important. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I'm grateful for, you know, when I think that you say, you know, what you learn in business, what's the biggest thing you, you maybe learned out of this is building relationships, you know, building relationships. And, and you've known me for a while, John, I've always harped on about this, haven't I? You know, yeah, building relationships and everything where, you know, I'm getting emails and phone calls now from people wanting to book, book things, takeaways, where it's, oh, you did my wedding 20 years ago, you yeah. know, and to me, 
you know, but did that mean so much? Because I don't know about yeah, you, but if you went to me, you know, could you remember who your waiter was at your wedding? You know, can you remember who you dealt with when when your child got christened or you know, somebody came in the office? The only thing I remember is who turned up on the aisle, mate. That's all well, I that's remember. It. But uh, you know, to, to to think to yourself that you know, from 20, 25 years ago, people still remember. Yeah, And we've had so much of that, and it's you know, you you look around the city centre, your personal service where. You know, it's okay moving things online. It's yeah. not the same, is it? It's not the no, same as people think, oh, this is the future. That Yeah, maybe it is. But we're social animals. You know, we want to get yeah. back. We want to get back to the shops. We want to talk to the shopkeeper, don't we? And we yeah, want to get out. You know, we, you know, even with takeaway, you know, you want to come out. You want to sit at a table. You want somebody to bring the food ready yeah, to you. Well, and, you. And that's well, what we do. So, I mean, taking everyone back, the people who don't know Spirit, so the, the ones on the... On the in the audience that don't know what do you mean, people that don't know Spiro. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. Take, <laughs> us, back, take us back then. Where did it all start for Spiro? Well, it's it, it started sort of nearly forty years ago, um, when I had this mad idea that I wanted to start my own sort of catering business. Uh, I was seventeen years old at the time, so uh, it was pro- probably a really bad idea. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I went to my I went to my dad at the time and. Said, look, I got an idea. Now, I suppose looking back now, if you're a 17 year old son come to uni, and at the time, you know, I needed to borrow quite a bit of money. I needed to borrow four thousand pounds, which yeah. would have been a lot of money then, you know, for yeah, you. And I found this little shop in Caroline Street, of of all places, uh, just by where Lab Lab 22 is now, uh, or was, you know, it's still there now. And um, yeah, yeah, it's still there. And there. And it, it, it was a little cafe there, and. Um, Again, you know, naive 17, 18 year olds going into business. I opened up on Boxing Day and uh, we had a great first week because it was Christmas and people were still out. And it was only sort of a, a little cafe shop and things like that. And I started to build it up and we started to do some private functions in the evening and things like that. And anyway, you know, first year accounts were published. And I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to become a millionaire on this, you know, and I need to do something else. But, and then I thought, well, if the customer won't come to me, I'll go to the customer. So really? the second year, Spiro's outside catering was born and I started knocking some doors and I thought, oh, you know, I can do this. And people were saying to me, you know, can you do a dinner? And there was nothing there, no kitchen or anything. And I thought, well, I'll take the bookings and panic later, you know. Mm. And within the second year of trading, my outside catering business had outstripped what we were doing um, sort of in the cafe by miles. And for some reason, and I don't know how I managed to negotiate at the time, you know, I'd, I'd signed up to a seven-year lease for this premises, but I had a two-year exit clause put in there. And I exercised my exit clause, and that's when I moved to St. Peter's Hall. And I think the, the rest is history, I think. And I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Moved, moved around the city. We've had some, you know, really good clients uh, over the years. My social side has been really strong. I've probably catered for, you know, thousands of weddings o- over the years, you know, and sort of built up that relationship. And, and that's how it started. And now I'm sitting in my city centre office in Charles Street all by, all by myself in a magnificent building. <laughs> yeah, my and hasten, hasten to add me in the same location, but in a different well, room. There you are. Yeah, <laughs> at least you're in the, the posh room. <laughs> I am in the posh room. We said that at the beginning. I am in the posh room, mate. <laughs> no, it's so amazing. She, and then, and then, so Sheffin's always been in your blood since you had Yeah, Sheffin's always been my, my, 
my father uh, was a fantastic uh, cook. Um, he used to do sort of the majority of the cooking at home. Right. He was a farmer by trade, so he used to like to grow all his own, um, all his own veg, and now you know he'd butcher all his his own meat and things. And you know, growing up watching that, uh, cooking with fresh produce. You know, we had chickens in the garden uh, when I was growing up, and you know, we'd have fresh eggs. I go and pick up the eggs if we wanted to cook, and I think it was just embedded in me then that um, I was just always interested in cooking and food, and it's something that you know I'm fairly proud of. You know, I, I, I'm the founder, and it's grown to where we are today. You know, we've employed sort of hundreds of people over the years. You know, and and just when I thought it was time to start taking it easy, when <laughs> Bam, bam, thank yes. you, man. Bam, bang, another challenge. And so yeah, yeah. I'm going to probably be probably be around for a couple more years now to make sure the ship is uh, sailing steadily again, you know? Yeah, it's good. And entrepreneurialism, let's talk about you being an entrepreneur. When you were 17, there's not many 17-year-olds who would make that decision or, or want to do that. Was there a moment that you just thought, this is, you know, this isn't for me, but this is? Yeah, it's... I, I, I don't know, when you're 17, 18, you've got no fear of you, you know, no. you're, the, the world's your oyster, and you can do everything, can't you? You know, when I, when I was 17, I thought I could do it. I, I knew everything when I was 17, you know, it's, uh, yeah. and I, you know, 40 years later, now here I am, you know, the, the chef, the accountant, the waiter, the, you know, you, you, <laughs> uh, you, 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 you learn as you go on, you know, and it's, you do make mistakes, yeah. you know, you make some small mistakes, some huge mistakes, but I think I've, always worked on the philosophy. There's nothing wrong in making mistakes as long as you learn by them and you, you, know, you don't sort of hurt people on the way up. But I think that the, mo the most important thing is, I think in any entrepreneurial um, challenge that you have is, you know, you need your staff around you. You need good people. Yeah. You know, we hear it all the time, don't we, you know, build the right team, uh, have the right people, your like-minded people around you. And you know, treat treat them the way that you want to be treated as well. So yeah, you've got that mutual respect, which I think growing up in the hospitality and catering trade is a lot better now, but it never used to be in the beginning. You know, it was almost you know second class citizens. The you know you had the ethnic uh, people that weren't treated very well originally. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's so much talent in the industry, and I think this is what maybe it has annoyed me over the last year where people have been talking about retraining and things, you know, we've spent years, you know, trying to build up the trade, trying to tell the youngsters, this is the career you want to be in, you know, it's well paid, you're well treated. And then all of a sudden, somebody's telling us to get a proper job, you know, well, you know, we, we've, we've locked people away from hospitality and yeah. the mental health, the mental health issues have gone up, you know, people are going crazy. Why are they going yeah. crazy? they can't go out to hospitality and socialize exactly you know, that's how important it is to our society you know it it needs to be nurtured doesn't it you know yeah. it's the first, first thing people do if they got something to celebrate you know they want to go out somewhere don't they yeah. even if it was just your mates you need to go for a pint don't you you know take yeah. all that away from you you know there's only so many so many cupboards you can tidy at home and get satisfaction out of it isn't it yeah, yeah exactly I saw some in the, I read some in yesterday, actually, funny enough, on the recruitment side, and they're saying that it's actually going to be, because so many people have lost, left the industry, they reckon it's, yeah. it's hard, there's less applications now for jobs going into leisure than there yeah. were in the beginning of the lockdown. What, what do you think about, you know, what, 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 what do you oh, think? You, know, I, you know, I think that'll come back. I think, you know, as, as, the, as the unemployment um, 
continues to rise. You know, I think there's going to be plenty of jobs out there. And I, I think a bit of scaremongering really as well, isn't it? Where people are, are saying, well, you know, don't go into the hospitality industry, you know, even down to, you know, you're trying to get a mortgage now. If you put down the education hospitality, you know, you're being rejected and yeah. things like that because there's no confidence. There's no confidence in the market at the moment. But, you know, you imagine, you know, as soon as people can get on that plane and go away, what's the first thing you're going to do at the airport? You want to go and get a drink, something to eat? Of course you will. I totally you know, agree. Pretty, you know, first thing you do when you land the other side, you know, your, your T-shirt's on and you're out, aren't you? You know, and it's the same. It's yeah. the same with people coming. But you take the rugby, for example, last week, you know, how many people would have actually stayed home and watched the, the TV as we did if we were able to be out in the city centre? You know, what do you think people would prefer to do? And, you know, if they're in the city centre, like, who's going to feed them? You know, who's going to get them their drink? Who's going to... It's huge, yeah. the hospitality industry. And, and you know, they're the backbone of the economy as well, you know. And I think that's where... I, I think, you know, the UK government maybe is getting it a little bit. I mean, I think we've been badly let down by, by the Welsh government, you know. I think we, we, we do look like, you know, we're with a, with a forgotten with a forgotten trade here. It's more or less go away and keep quiet, you know. And I don't think... They actually realise how important that industry is to Wales, you know, right. and um, but even the supply chain as well. I think you know we've had conversations, and I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning, you know, somebody like Castle Howell, you know, a major employer in in West Wales, heavily reliant on the catering and hospitality. You know, where are those people going to get jobs? Agreed. You know, if, if they if they decide to, those are the kind of companies that need nurturing, you know, they, they should be knocking on their door and saying, what can we do to help you, you know, because it's going to come back. Yeah, as soon as the schools open, as soon as, you know, it's a, a bit, and it's a proven fact, isn't it, with all governments, you know, a pound invested in a solid industry is seven pound back, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's not rocket science, is it? You know, no, it's you not need, you know, and it's like everything, you know, you've got a mortgage on the house, whatever your house is worth, 200,000, 300,000, you start small, don't you? You start with a five or a ten percent deposit, then over the years you're buying the house. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same with nurturing industry, you know. And how governments, you know, some governments, you know, or administrations, like some of them are administrators, aren't they? They're not governments. Some of them haven't got common sense, and it's uh, you know why they can't see that. You know, it's just yeah, no, uh, no, I totally agree. and that's the kind of thing that maybe as a businessman annoys me where you see your colleagues and they're working so hard, you know, to try and make something A for themselves, but in return, they're helping the economy and the nation that you live in so much, you know? Yeah, and especially and with Cardiff. I mean, obviously you've got a city centre location in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that is the heartbeat of, uh, heartbeat of Wales, isn't it? Exactly, you know, and, you know, the city centre is on life support at the moment, you yeah. know? You want to be coming and administering some medicine. You don't want to be pulling the plug out. No, you no, know? I totally agree with you on that. So one thing, let's talk about the ups and downs. And 38 years you've been in business, you know, that, that is commendable in its own right. 38 years is a massive achievement. But the ups and downs, and anyone that's, you know, the advice through those lows and the highs, what's the advice you would give people that, because the low times must be, you must have been through some yeah, low you, you, You're all human at the end of the day, aren't you? And, and yeah. I think everyone gets to the point where you think to yourself, my God, is this worth it? You know, is this worth it? And you feel like, you know, throwing the towel in. Yeah. But you have to stay focused. You have to stay focused and you have to stay positive. 
and you you need you need to look at the end results rather than where you actually are. And if I was going to do, do that, what do, what do you do to do keep that positive I, side? I try and look, I try and look for the solution because there is a solution in everything. So yeah. try and look for the solution first, then make your mind up if it's worth it or not. Yeah. You know, you, there's always a road to that solution, and whether you want to now as a company owner. It's just like having your baby, isn't it? You're, you're, you're feeding, you're changing this nappy, you're watching it grow. Um, it's totally different than if somebody's looking at them, if they see a little brat there screaming and that, you know, oh, he's a brat. But if it's your child, you want to comfort it, don't you? And you want to try and get it. my kids, you, you must know me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an expert on kids. I've got about 54 of them at the moment. But, uh, it's, um, <laughs> but, it, um, but that's what you've got. You've got to stay focused. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes the the right solution or the right answer to the solution is to walk away or try and get out of it. You know, there's, you know, I've taken contracts over uh, over the years that they look really attractive, or that that that'll sit really good with a brand, but it doesn't. Yeah. And you probably think to yourself, you know, the longer I'm in this, the more damage it's going to do to the brand. So it's like so on having... That one, on that one there, with regards to making those decisions and making yeah. those bigger decisions, for Spiro, is it is it a combination of a lot of things or is it more the people don't fit, the numbers don't fit? How do, how do you make those decisions? It, it, it's a combination. I always say, if I sit in finance meetings with maybe my, my, my financial advisors or my, my accountants and Sometimes they're just focused on numbers. And I always say, you know, and it's probably one of my catchphrases, everything's got value, but sometimes the value is not cash. And you've got to look beyond that. And people say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you could have, say for argument's sake, with Cornerstone, a massive building in Cornerstone, you have fantastic function rooms. And you, you look at the figures and you think, oh, you know, your cafe don't do very well. You know, you don't take a lot of money. You might, you might just break even on the cafe, you know, get rid of the cafe or turn it into something else. Or, but I said, well, no, but it's got value, isn't it? Because it brings people in. And somebody comes in, they might only spend £3 on a cup of coffee. But again, you go back to what I said originally, you build relationships, you start talking to people. You think, oh, what do you do here? And oh, I got a function room upstairs. I go, oh, let me see. Oh, my daughter's getting married next month. So that all of a sudden, that £3.50 turns into maybe a £10,000 function. Yeah. But somebody looking looking at your figures, and you only made £3.50 that day. So it's, 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 it's and we, we hear this phrase all the time, don't we, thinking outside the box. Yeah. Your business, your business is not just what's in front of you. Your business is all around you. And I think that's where people sort of miss a trick sometimes, where they, they, they may meet somebody, you know, they may have trying to think, well, there's, there's nothing in there for me. You don't know. You treat everyone the same. And, you know, you, you market yourself in sort of a, a professional environment. Let people make their own mind up. It's your product that sells. Yeah. People, do well, people do well in business because they got good businesses. Yeah, what, about, you know? what about consistency? There's one thing that I know about Spiro's yeah. from when I've known it now. How important is consistency to you? Well, it's, it's the be all and end all, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and again, it's the brand, isn't it? If somebody sees the Spiro's van pull up or a, a member of Spiro's staff in the Spiro's uniform, there's an expectation, isn't there, that because you've been going so long, well, this is going to be good. But what is good? And yeah. I think, you know, over the last three or four years, we run a program 
within the company. I think you were involved a bit in, uh, originally, John. Yeah. You know, what looks good. You know, yeah. and everyone's got a different perspective of what looks good, but it's bringing all those ideas. So you've got a common good. So, you know, somebody might lay a table in a certain way. They think they might think it's good, but I might think it's not so good. Yeah. So you know, what, what you need to, to bring it all together is this is Spiro's good, not Spiro's as the person, but Spiro's as the brand, you know, and I think that's what the, you know, the, the most important thing is. It has to be that consistency that's always good. And is that you know? something that, I mean, something I, I've had firsthand is the Spiro's culture. Is that something that yeah, comes from that Spiro's way and making sure everyone... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, just the, it's the Spiro's way, but it's something that people buy into, not sort of, yeah. you know, to take a ship or a thing, you know, you have to want to do it as well. And it goes back, you know, to the Spiro's family. You're looking after yeah. each other, aren't you? And you can have a fantastic chef in the kitchen and he can produce you the most wonderful food and display it, you know, like a Picasso print. But, you know, you, you've got somebody with bad attitude serving that meal to you at the table and thrown at you, which would completely ruin, you know, whatever you think. It's, it just completely ruins the experience for you. So it's, it's the jigsaw puzzle. Everything has to match, yeah. you know? You know? And over that 38-year period, how, how much has the business itself changed and how much has Spiro changed? Um, I think the business has evolved. I wouldn't say the business has so much changed. I'm probably yeah. doing you know, the, the same thing now that I was doing, you know, 38 years ago. But we keep up with the times. We're probably, you know, presenting food differently. You know, we we always listen to our customers. You know, go if if you've got a bride and grooming, you know, I'm 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 talking to them. I try and get a bit of a feel where they like to eat, the kind of food they like to eat. So, you know, you try to bring out the individuality in them. And I think, you know, another one of my strap lines, you know, we may do hundreds of weddings every year, but your wedding is as individual as you, you know. Um, although we, we'll bring the speedo's way to it, but it will be individual. And I think maybe that's the secret a little bit. It's not just the same thing over and over again. You know, it's we, we do what we do. We do what we do, I think, very well, but only because we do actually listen to our customers and you know we keep up with the trends and you know and i think you know lisa has to take the credit for for that part where you know she she's more or less briefing me every day of the trends and the things and you know and if you're more on social media and pinterest and instagram and, th and things like that you know she, she's looking at the trends and, and things like that and then we take that to the team then and it keeps the interest going then with a kitchen you know nothing worse i think than being stuck in a kitchen you've got the same menu for 20 years and you're doing the same thing day in day out where you know it's a, it's a bit of a project somebody comes to you from idea you know your mind is working the boys are working together we're creating you know did, did, did different dishes and things like that and i think that's what keeps keeps them active as well you know and there's no boredom you but one thing you can say with me if you know if you, if you work for me two days are never the same and you yeah. never know what you're coming into, and that's the you know, which is just in good stead, you know. Yeah, is there a point with that though regarding you know, there's lots of businesses in your 38 years, mine being yeah. one of them, that you would have seen come and go. Those yeah. ones that come and go, is there a part of it there's a lesson there with regards to moving with the times and changing and, and evolving? There's a part within that that's really important, especially right now. Yeah, there is so. I think the biggest mistake people make about the hospitality industry, and you see it now, you know, like everyone wants to open a pub because everyone wants to be that uh, pub landlord or pub manager to the end of the bar, talking to everyone, you yeah. know, that, which is, you know, and it's great to maybe, you know, when 
somebody comes to my function and they may see me in the function room and I'm talking to people and chatting to people. That's such a small part of the business, you know. It's 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 it's, it's not a glamorous trade behind you. You know that behind the screen. No, no, no. No. We're, we're more you than your, your hand up the U bench and unblock a, a toilet. You know, it's not. You know, with it or you know, you you you're in the middle of a function and you're serving a hundred people and the electric goes down or the gas goes down yeah. or you know somebody's forgotten something and you know the stress oh. that comes and you. Oh, yeah, once you, I, I was sitting four hundred people and the sprinkler system went off. Well, you know, it's, it's it's things like that. So it's not. You know, you've got you've got to love what you're doing. You've got to be passionate. Yes. You've got to love people. You've got to love service. And it is service, it is, you know, you're, you're serving other people all the time, you know, but whatever you do, like I said to our guy, you know, especially the youngsters coming in 17, 18 years old, me, I say, you know, what you want out of it, you know, what you want, is it, you know, if it's, if it's just quick beer money you want, go and pack, pack shelves in Ikea or something, you'll get the same hourly rate, you go home, and, you know, it's, you, you, even if you're coming in, in our trade and you're feeling down and, you know, you've had a row in the morning, you know, you've got to put that face on, haven't you? You've got to make a smile on. And the, the, somebody's come out for a meal that day, it's a special occasion for them. They're not interested if, you know, you're in a bad mood or you've got a toothache or something like You've got to be able to perform, haven't you? You know, and yeah, I think... I, the, I'll give you an example. I, I, I agree with you. I think I had, a, I had an 18-year-old girl come to me just before pre-COVID. And I interviewed her and she said to me, um, I don't tend to get out very often, uh, but and I, it took me a lot to come to this interview. And I said, I tell you what, I'm going to not take this interview any further. You have got to work for me because you've got to get out and get some life into you. You'll love it. She was still there like six months after, absolutely buzzing in with the team. Yeah. And it became her social life. And that's what it does, doesn't it? And that's what it is. You know, I think you, 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 you've got to be in it, haven't you? You've got, you, 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 you've got to give it 100%. You know, it's really difficult. For, for families, you know, because it's unsocial hours, you know, it's, uh, it's long hours, you know, you're fatigued, and uh, and if you don't get that job satisfaction out of it, uh, your your life's going to be a misery, you know, and, and and get out of it. The same, you know, if you go, you're, you're a chef, you become a chef, you know, you're going to be in a hot kitchen working long yeah. hours again. You know, if it's an international day, you know, you can kiss goodbye to forty hours for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, can't you? you know? yeah, that's it. That's it. But you're in you're in the atmosphere, aren't you? You're soaking it all up, and yeah. the, you know you're you're away. You have a bit of a break to watch the game. They're coming out. You all the adrenaline that's going. If if it's a win and that, and it's you know the you do go home feeling you've done a good day's work, don't you? You know, yeah, but if it's it, it, it off you, you know, if you don't like people and you don't like being nice to people, you know, and you don't like being on your feet, then it's not the job for you. But no, no, definitely not, definitely not. And someone I was talking you moving on a little bit to being in Wales and being well, Cardiff being a folk, a real part of your life. I spoke to Reese Bumberg, who was on one of the earlier editions, about the people of Cardiff and you know the contacts and people that you meet day in day out. You know we, you know, there's a lot of people like the Blues you've dealt with many a time, and, and the lads who come to you from the Welsh team, and you know yeah. people like that. Is it you know where does that that symbol in Spiro's world? You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you you almost take things for granted, don't you? And, and I and I think. It hit a home. I, mean, I was at a, I, I was at an event somewhere. I can't remember where it was now. You know, I was sat on a table with a few people, and you know, you're minding your own business and all that. And you get, you know, boys uh, were walking past. And, you know, maybe Sam Warburton will walk past and tap you on the shoulder. Here, you know, I see how are you, you know, or you know, Gavin Jenkins will come. He'll do the same thing. And 
Gareth Edwards and things like that. And people are old by it, aren't they, really? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think, well, but that's the kind of culture that we grew up in. It's, it's second nature to us, isn't it? You know, I, I can remember, you know, being at the Blues the first day that they signed Lee Harpenny and he was a little kid and he came in with his little bag and he yeah. sat down, you know, and I made, I made him a made him a cup of tea and he had his breakfast, you know, and he was sat there. But all before, you were, you know, anyone even knew his name, you know, and you think... And then you, again, it's like your business. You watch them grow, do you? And you, and you, you know, we, we are in a very privileged position. It's same, you know, when, you know, you, I had Prince Charles open, open Cornerstone, and the thing yeah, is, what was that like? I, I didn't, you know, uh, and, and again, it's just a huge privilege to have something there. You know, he's the first person to sign our, our guest book. You know, the future king. You know, the, the senior, and then you know, a couple of months down the line, then you're you're, you're engaged to do a function where. He's there, and the thing is, oh, hello, how are you? Nice to see you again, you know? <laughs> and people are sort of turning, turning around, and they think, gosh, you know, and, but it's just second nature to us, you know? You don't do it as a sort of show-off thing. It's the, na- it's the nature of the game, the game that we're in, you know, and, and things like that. Like, isn't it? You know, and something that you've worked really hard at, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in this city for, in yeah. Cardiff for such a long while, that... But you've you've really worked. I say hard at that. But your your relationship building, like we spoke about, the most important part. That's something that's really really come to its own, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's the be all and end all of all. You know, if I was mentoring a business, the first thing I say, you know, before you ask them for anything, you build your relationships. You yeah. know, and you know, I, I've I've come across you know industries that we work. They've had sponsorship managers there, and their job is to go out. I used to say to all of them, you know. Build the relationship first. Don't ask anyone for anything until yeah. you get to know them, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's the same thing as getting a cold call, isn't it? You know, you phone somebody a cold call and say, oh, you know, I'm selling this. You don't want to know. No. But, you know, you get to know that person and four or five calls down the line or four or five meetings, that's when you can you can go in, you know, and, and, and ask for something, you know. It's trust, isn't it? You need to gain people's trust, you know, and... Uh, and I, I always say that, you know, you know, when I've had my sales team and my my senior managers around me, you know, go out and listen to what people want first. Yeah. Come away, think about it, then go back to them. You know, if somebody's yeah. asking you for a, a ballpark figure or something, just leave them a brochure. There's a tariff guide, and I always say it's a tariff guide. It's not a price list. Yeah. You know, you know, let's find out what you want. You know, gain that. You know, make. You gotta almost make people want something before you sell it to them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And I think your offering in all that you've done has always done that. It's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, give back as well. I think give back is is so important, isn't it? You know, and although you know you you do, and I think maybe I'm a bit shy about this. You know, you, you do something, you don't want to shout about it. You know, just do it because you want to do it. And you know, you you I always say, you know, you do the right thing, and the right thing will happen. Yeah. You know, and you've been doing a lot of charity over this lockdown scenario. I've seen that you've been doing uh, meals and all sorts. You've been non-stop, haven't you? Yeah, you know, it's you know, you try and do what you can do within. Obviously, you know, we've had one hand tied behind our backs. You know, I can't do as much sort of this year as we were able to do in the past. But it'll come back. You know, it'll come back, and and hopefully, but it's it's warming really the the amount of you know friendships and relationships. That you've built up over the years that people can pick up the phone or send you a message, you know, and say, you know, are you okay? You know, are you okay? You know, never mind about the business and things like that. And the amount of, you know, effort that people have made to take that trouble just to pick up the phone and say, you know, are you okay? Do you need anything? You know, we're yeah. here for you. And, 
that's worth a million dollars, isn't it? We have mentioning, well, you know, you, you, you know, my team of friends and, you know, the, you know they, they, they start off as, as colleagues and customers and they become friends, you know, yeah. we're just supporting each other. That's all we can do. And a couple of us that have a chat and we say, you know, unless you're in the business, you people don't understand, you no. know, it's all very well saying, oh, you know, I feel for you and this, that, and that. you don't understand. No, you no, know, no. Unless, unless you're the one, you know, you were in that situation where you lie in bed on Wednesday before the end of the month and you're thinking, am I going to have enough money in the bank on Friday to pay the wages? Yeah. You know, you don't know. If you've never been in that, so you don't know. I don't care what you say, you know. Yeah, you're yeah, going no, to agree with me. You can, you can be a manager in a company and, and you think, oh, you know, cash flow is a bit short. This man, you just ring somebody and let them know, don't you? You know, you know, if it's your bank account, it's and I think that's what you know. I, I probably worried about more in the in the last year. You know, we got local suppliers, you know, we, we try and 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 support the lo local tradesmen as much as we can, and you can see them suffering, you know, things yeah. like the laundry, the veg man. I'm just not spending the money. You know, no. they, they, used to, they used to rely on that, you know, even something stupid like the window cleaner is 80 yeah, quid a yeah, month. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, he loses four or five of those, you know, and it's, you know, it's big money to him. He's a one-man band. Of course you know, one-man band. And, yeah, but it's something you just don't need at the moment. And I suppose those that are going back to saying, you know, what are the decisions? Those are the hard decisions to make in, the, in your business where... You've got to make some decisions that are unpopular, you know, and, uh, yeah. and are difficult. And, and I used to say, I sometimes, you know, we have a brainstorming session or we got the staff. And I think in one particular occasion, you know, we, we had somebody in this, right, you know, you've got to stand up and you've got to say one good thing about the firm and one bad thing. And yeah. um, I remember when it came to my, my turn, I started to say, well, the one good thing I find is that I get to work with lovely people every day. And, you know, I'm really fortunate that I got a great team around me. I said, the thing I don't like about the company is sometimes I got to sit at my desk and put my chief executive's hat on and I got to make decisions that I know that are going to affect the people that I like working with yeah. and they're going to be unpopular. Yeah. But when you're wearing that hat, you've got to do what's best for the business. Yeah. And, that's the, and that's where I think some people fall down, where they can't make that distinction. Yeah. And you know, as much as you this as much as you love to work with somebody, if you don't look after the business, the business is not going to look after you. And no. sometimes for the greater good, you've got to make and that's really hard sometimes. That's the because you know, I, I if if you were sitting in some ivory tower somewhere and you were making a decision and you had, you know, 40 or 50 members of staff that you've never met before, it's fairly easy to make a decision, you know. But when you're working next to them and you know that your decision is going to affect them greatly from nine o'clock tomorrow morning yeah. and you've got to come into work and you've got to try and be your chirpy self. That's what I find the, as a person, the most difficult thing to do, you know? Yeah. And um, is, there a, is, there, is there a specific way, like I said, in that time you've done those hard, real tough decisions? Is there a yeah. process you use? I mean, you know, you alluded to maybe speaking to people and is there, yeah, you, is there a way that I you think make those big decisions? I think everything needs an explanation, don't they? If you, yeah. you tell somebody to do something, full stop, then you're going to start. But if, you know, you need to explain your rational thinking behind it and why you need to do this. And I think that's the way that you get people on side. Yeah. They, they, you know, and I, most of them at the end of the day, you know, they'll say to me, you know, I'm glad you had to make that decision because I probably couldn't have made it, you know, but 
I, I do, you know, I do do respect the decision and I can see where you're going from and, you know, let's give it a go kind of thing. It's, you also, know? it's also about how you deliver that news. I, exactly. I find too. It's not, yeah. it's not just the decision. It's how you communicate it to people, isn't it? Exactly. And it's, it's a process, isn't it? You've got to go through that process. And again, it's, is being armed with your, all the information that you need, which is so difficult at the moment yes. because you can't plan or make decisions because you haven't got the full story. Like, you know, am I going to be operational by the end of July? Am I going to do the weddings that I've got booked in in August? I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, how can I make a decision about do I need to keep staff post furlough? Do I need to take people back on? Do I need to start training now? What yeah. do we do? Yeah, what what do we do? You it's don't know what to do. Not, it's not good. So, so what do we have to do? Is why you said we've got to crack on. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you can. Yeah, that's all you can do, isn't it? You know, you've got to crack yeah. on day by day and 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 make the just steer the ship the best you can. And uh, you know, for once in my life, you know, you just got to hope that you're going to come out to the end of it. Our enthusiasm will be there. We've never lost our. In no, no, it's something we have always had, mate. It's the enthusiasm. Yeah, and you know, whatever's whatever's thrown at us, we'll we'll make the most of it, you know. And yeah, it's any situation you get opportunity is just a how 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 loud that opportunity is knocking at the door, isn't it? At the yeah, moment, totally. the door and, I, and I think you know, look, all I want to say is thank you. We've come to the end of the the last three questions now, so I really appreciate your time, Spiro, and I've really enjoyed no it. So uh, last last three questions, then. So in Spiro's world, three non-negotiables. Oh, three non-negotiables. Integrity. Yeah. Evolution integrity. Family life. Never forget your family. Your family are your most important, your most important tool around you. And then when this is all over, that's what you're going to go back to. So yeah. look after your family. And, or, you know, not that they, they are number three. They, they should be probably number one. But, you know, it's your customers and your colleagues around you. You know, you treat them with the respect that you want them to show you. And, you know, if, if if other people are calling them to pieces, you see them for what they are really and make your own minds up. You know, it's, yeah. we've painted this picture arm, we have always so and so, so and so. You know, there's a, a lot of people there with a maybe a hard face, but they got hearts of gold, you know, and yeah. you've got to break past that, haven't you? You know, I love, yeah, always, I love, I love always see the best in people. I think that's the, that's the non, non negotiable thing, you know, that is good in everyone, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that, mate. Right, so it's like, next question. The biggest life lesson you've had the biggest life lesson i've had oh my god i think i've i've, I've learned so many lessons in my life um <laughs> if uh, if i had my if i had my time again would i do it all again i probably would yeah um if i learned the lesson like some people you don't do business with you know, yeah. and you've got to have the. I think that that's the, maybe the biggest lesson I've learned. That I've maybe been taken in once or twice, and yeah. um, thinking, you know, but then you know, you're the better person. I think because you, you you come out of it. You know, you've got, to that, go, you've got to go into them and learn, mate, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to. You know, you you've got to. And you know, the other lesson maybe is you know you've got to nurture the people around you. If, yeah. if somebody. If somebody's thinking of leaving or going, you know, don't let your vanity stand in the way if you think they're worth keeping and keep them. Yeah, you know? I love that. That's another good yeah. one. Right, last one, I promise is the last one. So any advice for, we just alluded to it on the last question, but any advice you'd give to a 17-year-old uh, oh. spewer board? Oh, don't do it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd say, 
you know, I, I've had a great life. You know, I've had a great life. I've met some great people. And um, I think maybe I've been a little bit too ambitious sometimes and done things too quickly. Everything, right. uh, I think, uh, if it was some seminary, I said, you know, everything will come to you. Yeah. But sometimes you, you've got to be a bit patient where yeah. I, I, you know, if I set myself a goal, I wanted it tomorrow, you mm -hmm. know, and maybe I'd burn myself out a couple of times because I wanted to reach that goal. But as long as you reach the goal, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you just take it. And I think, again, through COVID, we've, we've all had to learn to be patient. And, we, you know, it's... Yeah. it's got no other choice. To, so I probably would have maybe thought about things between, you know, when I, you know, matured a little bit, got a bit older, then, then you do take your time. I think, you know, as a 17-year-old, I wanted everything within the first year, you know, your, yeah. your fast car, your holidays, your house, your... You know, and if I had to work 24 hours a day, I'd work 24 hours. Yeah. But I think you burn, you burn yourself out too quickly, don't you? You know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then so, you know, do it, follow your goals, but take your time doing it. That's good. Great advice, yeah. mate. Great advice. So if anyone wants to contact Spiro, interested in booking a wedding, anyone yeah. get in touch, how do they get in touch with Spiro? That's easy, spiros.co.uk. There we go, mate. That's a great little plug and shit in there, isn't it? <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, John. Thank you. 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 When I lost 29 Park Place and we lost the business. And that for me, you know, you always remember the ones when you're on your way down. Because when you're on your way back up, you, you know, they're there for you. So um, I will never forget that. I will never forget. And I will always remember the conversations I've had with Spiro just about to pick yourself up, reflect, and get on with things, you know? He's got a real crack on attitude. I can't, I, I really enjoyed sitting down with him for the hour, really love connecting with him. Um, and yeah, just hope you really enjoyed it. So, you know, if you really want to reach out, reach out to me, reach out to Spiro, um, share it, like it, get on with it. Uh, I hope you've got something from it, but I just really love this positive attitude, this way he's just got on with things over the last 38 years uh, and, and cracked on. So anyway, further ado, have a great day. Crack on. Crack on.